Welcome to Uncaged. Today we're speaking with Basil Hamwi. Basil has an incredible background, but he's very focused on CEO executive coaching. Right now, he's a big believer in championing the idea of executive coaching. And so we're going to spend a good chunk of today talking about that. He's worn many, many other hats, and I'm sure that we'll get into that when we go through the first couple of questions with him. But Basil, it's great to have you on the program. And with that in mind, I mean, tell us a little bit about you and your career. Absolutely. Thank you very much. So I basically started my career at the World Bank in Washington, D.C., where I was really involved in trying to create and build new institutions. Um, that was a fabulous process, and I got very lucky because I was involved in creating some of the institutions that really grew and prospered throughout the world and mostly in the Middle East. Um, so I was involved in the writing of the private banking law in Syria and creating the first private bank there in, in the year 2000. Uh, this went on to become IFC's first investment or best investment in the Middle East to date. So they've generated mm. a very strong IRR from it. And a few years later, I was headhunted to start a bank on my own with uh, a major banking group from Lebanon. That bank, Bank Aude Syria, grew in five years to be 4% of GDP. So we, we just like hit it out of the ballpark. And it was an incredible experience to see the country open up and to be involved in the creation of an institution that was the premier, you know, in everything. It was yeah, the foundational of, element for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And and this is this was my first experience to be a entrepreneur developer because I was a shareholder in the bank as well as its CEO. And as a very young executive at, at 38, running a major institution, I, I must tell you, it felt wonderful. At the mm -hmm. same time, it felt extremely lonely. There really is yeah. no one to share issues with. So as, as yeah. a CEO, it's very difficult to talk about your board problems to your board. You cannot talk to your subordinates. I had mm -hmm. a hard time speaking to my friends about issues related to what was what I was going through. And, you know, working 18 hours a week meant that the family wasn't seeing me, I couldn't talk to them about my issues. Yeah. So this is kind of when when the first time I felt that I wish I had a coach, I experimented with two coaches, it didn't work out the way I wanted, I got some great tips. But it never really took off the way that I expected. And I really thought that the problem was, you know, with me not being a very coachable Young, <laughs> um, with time and now with having the benefit of third, you know, almost 20 years later, I, I must say that it's actually coaching has developed to become a lot more of a science than just an art. And we have a lot of metrics and there is a lot of certification, which really means that we're beginning to understand in a much clearer way the impact that, that coaching has on CEOs and their performance. Yeah, I actually was having a conversation earlier today about executive coaching in general. And it was really an interesting one because I think of my own experiences, you know, before I kind of set off on a entrepreneurial track, I worked for fortune 500 companies right. and coaching 
in my worlds that I was part of at the time, this is back in the day now, was almost like a weapon of HR in a way. Mm -hmm. And it was like, if you were given a coach, it usually meant maybe there were problems with you. Maybe you might be being coached out of the business, right? (laughs) It's almost like if you were given a coach, you probably went home that night and polished up your resume. (laughs) (laughs) But somewhere along the way, I can't pinpoint the date, maybe like late 2000s, you know, 2008, 2009, things started to dramatically shift. And not only was it like not a bad thing, but it was like, you don't have a coach really. And you're, you're a CEO and you're leading a company. You don't, you don't have a coach. Like, what are you doing? It suddenly became one of these things where the people that were really crushing it we're doing it. And that's, I think, a fascinating shift. So, I mean, with that kind of statement, let's get into Hanwe Consult. So you are the founder of Hanwe Consult. You guys do CEO coaching. Tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we started by looking at the effect that coaching has on performance. And no matter how you look at it from the different independent uh, st- studies and, and, and consulting houses, it's between 500 and 700% payback on every dollar that you spend. And it's so pivotal. And obviously the better the fit between the coach and the coachee, uh, the better defined the statement, obviously the performance gets, gets a lot better. So for us at, uh, at Hamui Consult, you know, we focus on, on three things. They're all leadership based. And this is just because of, you know, the career that I've had after running the bank in Syria, I also started the Syrian stock exchange, the Damascus Securities Exchange, which is the first stock market in the country and the first in, you know, investment bank, which I chaired, as well as the first insurance company. And Syria was at an explosive, in an explosive phase uh, in a very positive way. It was just growing tremendously. GDP growth was, was, was very high. And, you know, it was just becoming kind of like the success poster of, of the Middle East economically. Yeah. Then came the Arab Spring and with it came the Syrian civil war, which really destroyed everything. Yeah. Um, and running the bank at a time of growth, rapid growth to become $2 billion in size from, from really 50 million was tremendous. And, you know, I got to understand um, how to run and how to manage a business that is in rapid growth. And mm-hmm. it's the one that has, as a bank, we're deposit taking, we're heavily regulated, and we're also listed on the stock exchange. So I had to balance all of the different rights and obligations of everyone. Yeah. So running a business in that sense and looking at whenever we made a mistake, that mistake would scale so fast because of the rapid growth. Yeah. So obviously the successes are great and we can talk about success as much as we like, but also making sure that we manage the risks and we mitigate them. So just looking at how mistakes would scale and how to put the genie back in the box was so difficult. So that's an area that I'm really interested in. So really coaching CEOs that are involved in rapid growth businesses. Rapid growth businesses are very, very exciting. And I would say that have their own set of wonderful, 
wonderful challenges. I mean, obviously, we've all seen what happened with OpenAI, which is probably a great example of what you're talking about, which is, you know, I mean, I don't know if that's a, that's certainly not a, a good example of what perhaps we'd want to see, but but certainly an example of the challenges. But when you think about the groups that and the individuals that you're coaching now, CEOs yeah. that you're coaching, what's top of mind for them right now? They generally fall into one of two categories, really rapid growth. And the rapid growth is how, how do I make sure that I get everything done right? How do I make sure that my employees continue to be incentivized and they don't look elsewhere? How do I make sure that my board is functioning in a way that I would like it to function? Mm -hmm. The board is on my side. And, and the OpenAI example probably is one of the best that we can see in, in yeah. that sense. And then how do I make sure that I continue to grow? Because there is such fierce competition that, you know, I, I could be I could become extinct fairly quickly, even in a rapid growth environment. So I have to remain relevant. And how do I do this as a human being? I mean, yeah. if you cut beyond all of this, the kind of weight that is that rests on the CEO's shoulder is so heavy. It's like, how do I make it and still smile, still be able to take the vacation with the kids and enjoy it, still be able to disconnect when I can, you know, so in our approach, we try to bring a holistic approach to coaching that doesn't in, in, doesn't isn't concerned only with the numbers, it's also right. concerned with how to make sure that you call it this is sustainable for yeah. you as a CEO. Yeah, I think that's such a great point. If you're a CEO, you've probably had that moment in your life where you feel like you're operating at like maximum capability or fulfilled, like there's these glimmers, these moments. But what you're hitting on is, I think, even more important, which is how do you make that sustainable? You know, there, right? How do you keep it going? And I mean, that I think is the real challenge for folks. And how do you make it kind of almost ritualistic in a way, how you go about everything you do to maintain that kind of steady level? Yeah. You know, people always throw out words like balance, etc. But I mean, any leader really knows like life is not a smooth ride. <laughs> There's yeah, no smooth ride, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, Basel, I'm talking to a guy who set up the serious stock exchange. I mean, there's no way that was an easy ride, right? Sure, I mean, man. right. Sure. So you're gonna have a roller coaster a bit, yeah. right? How do you manage that? How do you manage yourself in that and keep that perspective? I think that's a wonderful perspective that you're bringing to the table here. Yeah. But let me kind of shift gears a little bit because sure. you've done so much. You've done some really, really challenging work and things that are, I would say critical for the world. It's a shame that things like the serious situation imploded like it did, but certainly that work is fundamental for any society to get to the next level for sure. But you know, now that you're working with CEOs and you mentioned also to me that you work with yeah. some family business consulting, what drives your passion for that? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you've heard of the concept of flow, right? Mm-hmm. So, so as CEOs, we never really have flow because we walk into work and our day is constant interruptions and firefighting and challenges and strategy setting and mentoring. And the idea of doing something where it's purely just us, a space that's reserved for us to do something that we're passionate about and to do it kind of soulfully begins to mm -hmm. evaporate yeah. for me. I got my flow as a CEO when I started coaching. 
Mm. So when I sit with a coachee and we're talking, I lose myself in the moment. I am able yeah. to sort of really transport myself to another universe where my sole preoccupation is becoming a thinking partner for the CEO and yeah. trying to understand their priorities and putting myself in their shoes and figuring out with their value system what is important and how I can help answer some of the questions they have and question some of the um, ideas they have to bring yeah. them to a place where they can move forward. That's great. I mean, I think it's such a valuable, valuable skill that you found that you have and also kind of something that I would say all leaders need. I would say these accelerated growth companies that you work with a lot, it's funny, I think that it's hard for them to pause sometimes and reflect. And I think probably one of the greatest things that you could do is just give them that moment. You know, that sure. moment, uh, sure. hey, hey, stop for a second and let's go through this a little bit. And it's also but, hard on the way down as well. I mean, so mm. you have the companies that are in massive growth, but we live in a very turbulent environment. And, you know, if you look at fantastic companies, take Apple, for example, at one point, it wasn't doing so well. Right. Yeah. So the idea People is somehow have forgotten that, you know, I remember when Gates you know, bailed them out. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so how do you react to, you know, severe market downturns, right? We're looking at the health industry, we're looking at a number of other industries where things are really difficult. And you as a, as a leader, where do you go to? How, how do you navigate this, this process? And, you know, for, for, for better or for worse, I navigated the bank on the way up. I also had to navigate it on the way down. Right. Because in 2011, when when the Syrian civil war happened, the whole of the the, the dollar, so foreign our main foreign currency was sanctioned. Yeah. And we had a bank run, right? Like most of the banks had bank runs. Yeah. And suffering through a bank run in a civil war environment is actually pretty difficult. And yeah. navigating that and what goes into it from the psychology, what goes into it from the strategic, you know, asset and liability matching, what goes into it from relationship with the regulator and other banks. It's just like so complicated. But yeah. having done it, it's just such, I probably learned more during the first six months of the civil war than I had in six years of, of running the bank before. Yeah, so that, that's uh, really valuable, I think. And it's kind of rare to, I wish I had somebody like me at the time, just to sort of like knock some sense into me and say, hey, you can do this and you can do that and survival. Not only is it possible, it is it is very likely. Yeah, no, it's a really great point. I think when we think of companies growing, that's a can be a stressful time for sure. But it's a it's a positive time, ultimately. It's, it's something that everyone's excited about. But we do live in an economic moment, which is turbulent, right? I mean, and a global moment that's turbulent. And so how CEOs are handling that, how they're balancing those issues is really, really hard. And obviously, advising and providing them structures and foundations to build on to deal with that stuff is absolutely key. But I mean, things are not slowing down, Basel. We're going into 2024. <laughs> I feel like I'm driving about 150 miles an hour right now. Tell me a little bit more about what you see, you know, in our near future. Yeah, it's, it's obviously 
a very turbulent environment, like you said, Matt. And coming out of COVID, we're seeing that the future is extremely unpredictable. I mean, and, and we don't know where to go really from here. There are a few things that I would hold as kind of rules for the road for the coming two, three years. And the first one is making sure that we are at the top of our game in terms of training, mm. in terms of knowledge. So whether it's chat GPT or whether it's, you know, AI or whether it's any type of, you know, understanding our environment, I think this is, this is the time um, more than other times where we need to make sure that our education and our learning is really up to snuff. Yeah. And that's where I recommend for all of all of my clients to make sure that they're taking executive courses and, and, and you know, undergoing some form of training that they are passionate about in something yeah. that they like. And the broader, the better. Right. And, and the more numerous, even if you have to take, you know, two, three weeks off a year just to make sure that you're at the top of your game in terms of training, because things are so unpredictable, you don't know what the future will will hold. Yeah. The second part is this idea of how do you make sure that you have sufficient happiness and well-being in your life? This is this is really a big deal. Like when we're looking at the whole question of happiness, what is it and how to get it? We have become a lot more scientific. And this is Harvard doing the research and University of Pennsylvania doing the research and others. And it, we've, we've discovered that happiness is not something that you stumble upon. Happiness is actually a skill. It's a skill that we can work on and get to and become happier as, as we age. Mm. That has now a number of elements that are well known. So it's no longer such a big mystery. We just need to unravel what these elements are and make sure that we implement them, you know, in our lives in a constant way. And the yeah. third, and I think perhaps a very, you know, one of the most important ones is to really have um, a passion that goes beyond the day to day. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's really to be in the service of others. And as we look at how we become happy as individuals, there is, and, and the research on this is also very, very clear. When we do things for ourselves, when we pamper ourselves, when we take care of ourselves, you get a lot of return on this. But the best return we actually get is when we do this for others. Mm. And this, this has been now proven in, in one study after the other. And having that in, in my life for me is really important. Becoming some part of something larger than myself. Yeah. And I've discovered that invariably all of my clients whenever they feel connected to something bigger they actually end up feeling happier they are more productive and they're just you know they're a better version of themselves which yeah. is really what all of them want to become yeah i love that and i mean this is really really good counsel Certainly, I would say that today, with everything changing so quickly, this type of advice and some of these areas of focus that you highlighted really resonate. You know, we need to make sure that we can find a way to happiness for all of us, as well as keeping going and making sure the companies are successful. Basil, if someone wanted to learn more about what you're working on at Hamwe Consult, where's the best place to reach you? Oh, it's really easy. I'm on LinkedIn. 
Uh, and I'm also, we have a website, www.hamweconsult.com. Uh, and very much available. I, I don't take a lot of clients, but I do have a lot of conversations with people who are seeking coaching. So I match a lot of my my friends and, and, and colleagues with coaches that I think would be of benefit to them. So it's really the idea about improving the world that we live in. And, and, yeah. I, and I do that a lot. I love that. Well, Basil, thank you so much for being on the Uncaged show today. We've been speaking with Basil Hamwi. He is the CEO of Hamwi Consult. Hamwi Consult focuses on CEO coaching, championing executive coaching in general. It also offers family business consulting, which I didn't get into, Basil. But man, that's a topic I think for another show. It's a great, Absolutely. great topic. And uh Certainly, it's a moment where we're seeing leaders really needing an ability to discuss some of the challenges that they face. And I do think that there's an openness really across the younger generations that they all want to improve. They all want to yeah. find new ways. They want to max out. And you're absolutely right. There's a lot more science to this stuff today and finding ways to apply that. So, Basil, thank you so much for being on the show. And we look forward to having you back. Bant, what a pleasure. Really, thank you so much. Thank you for hosting and hope to see you again soon. Cheers.